I am a bit of an assessment junkie. Um, the bulk of my life is journaled and tracked and timed because I want to grow. I want to improve. Um, and it, it's, a, a, it's a way that it helps me remember how extravagant God's love has been uh, shown to me throughout the decades. And so I just, I kind of salivate at the, at the prospect of finding um, a faster way of doing things or a better way to streamline a process. And so when you partner that with families, which um, I think of families as being God's vehicle for getting solutions to the rest of the planet. And so partnering assessment with families, I'm geeking out, so. <laughs> um, doing assessments on our family, it just means evaluating how stuff is working, but it will demand an honest evaluation. Um, you have the opportunity to kind of place your people and your habits and your responses under a microscope and it's going to help you figure out your strengths and, and what things could stand a little adjustment. Um, and it's going to reveal your true values. So how are you investing your time and your energy and your money? And you just kind of get to um, check the pulse of your tribe. And it's going to give you an indication about the direction that you're traveling, relationally, financially, spiritually, kind of across the board. Um, and direction is ultimately what, what determines where we end up. And that's just kind of how paths work. That's, um, let's see here. Okay, so um, regardless of what your goals are, what you wish for, what you desire, what you pray for, the principle of the path, that's the king. Your current direction determines your destiny. So you can leverage it to your advantage or you can choose to disregard it. There are paths that you have followed to places that you never wanted to go and there are paths that are available to destinations better than you've ever imagined. And I get it, I get it. Not everybody's hardwired to get fired up about performing assessments. Um, but if, if you aren't just naturally curious um, about how things are ticking at your household, um, just let me clarify kind of what's, what's in it for you. So if you are willing to take the time to kind of closely examine what's going on in your family, it will cue you in on um, how your time is being spent, how your energy is being spent. Um, you get this opportunity to shine a big spotlight on um, things that have become time vacuums and just are no longer gonna offer a return on your investment. So you'll be able to recognize, are there areas where we're making amazing progress are there spots where we're just completely stagnant? Have, have we even started to regress in some things? Um, your strengths, your weaknesses, those will be illuminated. And you also kind of get to marvel at the stuff that your little tribe is rocking at. Um, but if you just keep moving, if you're just in a state of perpetual motion and you never pause for reflection, you become uh, enslaved maybe to your habits, um, and, and whether or not they're working for you, you just keep doing the same things. So sometimes if we just stop to evaluate the benefits of how we're investing ourselves, 
um, it's, it's beneficial only, only if you desire to be productive, um, if you desire to have growth, and if you, you want to be effective. So it, you'll be rewarded with awareness and insight, and there are behaviors that, that only come to light in kind of the stillness of quiet reflection. And you'll have the opportunity to assess kind of your actual GPS location in relation to where you want to be headed. So um, I just really want to emphasize that there's no glory in doubling down on ineffective efforts that are taking you where you don't want to go. So if you're doing stuff that's not beneficial, stop doing it faster. Um, stop doing it for longer amounts of time. Like just stop the stuff that's not working. Because um, honestly, you're working way too hard. Way too hard to ignore the reality that your efforts are either helping or hindering whatever your stated objectives are. So I can, I can totally see everybody's busy, but are you actually productive? Um, and then I guess just before we like deep dive here, I, I want to encourage you to not let the reality that everything, everything does work out, everything's gonna be fine, but don't let that negate your responsibility to make it so. And then don't, like we can't afford to lose faith that we prevail in the end. Like don't, don't ever give up on that belief, but don't neglect the discipline that's required to just face the brutal truth. This is like actually who I am, this is what I can do. Like, yeah, you're gonna prevail, you know, but how can you prevail the best possible way? So my fingers are crossed that you're totally ready for this deep dive into your tribe. Um, so I have tools that, that I'm recommending that you use, and I have tools that I'm recommending that you never use, because not all tools are created equally. So it's completely possible that you've been operating under the assumption that the tools you're using are accurate. But it's also totally possible that you've been receiving some skewed results, because um, the metrics that you're using aren't calibrating precise information. That's just kind of a sciencey way to say that um, a Facebook poll is not the best way to compile critical information about your family. So when you, when you ask your, your friends to, to chime in on the state of your family, it is, um, I'm gonna compare it to using a fun mirror, a little fun house mirror, to provide feedback on a weight loss journey. Like, they got something to say, but uh, I don't know that you want to use that reflection to determine your next course of action. So another tool that I'm gonna discourage your, you from using is comparison, because it's a garbage assessment tool. Um, mainly because you, you really don't know if you're comparing two like values. So you don't know where the other person is in their growth and in their development. You don't know what they've struggled with to get to that spot that is now filtered and contoured and curated 
where you have put them on a pedestal. Um, and you're not even taking into consideration that you might have started from two very different points. Um, and that's um, so. <laughs> it's just not fair. You know, it's just not fair to compare yourself. So, um, you know. One, one of the Ten Commandments listed in Exodus is, is that we're not supposed to set our hearts on our neighbor's stuff. And, right. and this is kind of, this is why. Because <laughs> then if, this is at the, if comparison is at the root, then you're willing to, do, to break other commandments to, to chase after the stuff. So focus on your own donkey, your own wife, your own servant, your own maid, or whatever else was listed there. Um, and I think we live in a time where social media can amp up the temptation. So it's just, it's, um, it's always in your face. So if you cannot resist the temptation to compare yourself, how about compare yourself to yourself at an earlier time? Um, don't bother using your memory as an assessment tool because you are not that good at remembering things and you don't actually remember things the way that they were you remember things the way you were and then the last tool that i would like you to never ever use to assess your family are feelings so um they are fairly awesome indicators of stuff that's going on in your life but they're tyrannical dictators. Um, it's maybe in here, oh, okay, how about there? So Jeremiah 17, nine, it warns us about our hearts being hopelessly dark and deceitful and puzzles that we, we aren't equipped to figure out. Um, so since our feelings should never be casting votes in our actual behavior, they, they don't get to show up and sway our assessment. So, anybody who's attended church here for like more than a year and a half is not going to be surprised that the first tool that I would recommend that you use would be to complete a genogram. And um, so it's, it's not complicated, but it's just a matter of, um, it's just a, a for, to me, a brilliant visual that helps you accurately assess what you're up against, kind of generationally speaking. So you'll be able to chart out in black and white behaviors that just keep showing up in your family line. So if certain behaviors, um, if you can see that every single generation is struggling with the same battle, then you have the chance to, to come up with some strategies to combat them. So if divorce or never married parenting or abuse or addiction you see cycles and, and patterns of this, then you have this amazing opportunity to focus on intentionally building a strong defense against those exact ancestral pitfalls. So you don't have to slay all the dragons, but like at least take out the ones that are coming after you. Um, so, the way, way bottom line are my children and their cousins. 
the line directly above that where it starts with the square that says Fidel. So that's me and my husband, my brother and his wife, my sister and her husband, Matt right there, front row, and then youngest sister and her husband. So back it up one more that starts with the circle that says Jennifer. Do you see circle, 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 square, circle, circle, square, 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 circle, square, square, circle? See that? Yeah. <laughs> kind of crowded line for parents. But that's, that's what I lived in. So that tier was a little, a little snug. But my siblings and I have bucked against what was familiar to us. And you can see now that so far, We've simplified the next tier for our own children. None of that was accidental. All of that was intentional, calculated decisions. Our choices to, to rise up and become transitional characters pulled some garbage to a screeching halt. So it was in knowing what we were up against that actually has prepared us with strategies and knowledge and research to, to stick with some things. Next tool, listening. Very, very high tech um, suggestion here. Listen to your children's cultural references. What's their slang? What's the way they speak about other people? Are there short people at your house that you blush when you hear them sing all the lyrics to a song? Um, when you're conducting these assessments, it, it should lead you to locating the method of entry for any unwelcome guests. So find and plug the leaks in security. You might have to employ some filters on your devices. But I think listening, I think the most important way that you can listen as an assessment tool is to listen how the people in your house are telling stories because our explanatory style, that's gonna reveal how we perceive all of life. So how are they framing their experiences? The explanation is actually more valuable than the experience they're telling you about. So in their worlds, do things just fall and break? Or do they knock into things, causing them to fall and break? If members of your family believe that life is just happening to them, you have the opportunity to intervene. Please do, and remind them that they are the heroes in, this, in their own lives, that they are capable, that they are powerful, and they are responsible for all of their decisions and all of their actions. Observation is another real low-key assessment tool. You should be intimately acquainted with the baseline behavior of every member of your tribe. When, when all is well, how much is everybody eating? How much is everybody sleeping? What's everybody's hygiene level? What are everybody's social needs? Because when these things change, it is your responsibility to investigate what changed? Does somebody have a new friend? Does somebody have an interest? Um, it should, something in you should rise up and want to investigate what has been introduced to, to my stable, normal life here. What, we have an intruder. 
So listening and observing are both just going to require that you are actually spending time with all of the people. So if you aren't routinely in each other's company, then you should expect that things are going to fall through the cracks. You will miss things if you don't spend time with your people. And when kids are super, super short, they are always with you. Um, assuming that you are living with the other custodial parent, I guess I should say. So if, if you are sharing custody with someone outside of your house, you are going to need to have some uncomfortable conversations with them about what's going on under their roofs. Not because you're particularly curious about other stuff, but you are particularly curious about your own kids. Um, and as they get older, their natural tendency is to, to pull away a little bit, but you need to have some kind of non-negotiable stuff. Like, we eat together, that's just what we do. Um, and then when they move away, now you're obligated to schedule, to be purposeful about spending time together. So make some standing dates. Um, I love that the Martinez family still meets every Sunday for dinner at June's parents. Like, you'll always be spending Sunday dinner at your parents' house. Um, I just, you have to spend time with people, you have to listen, and you have to observe if you want to actually know what's going on in their lives. Now, this next tool is beginning with the end in mind. And you have to be able to see the end product and work your way back from how, so when I sit down to have dinner, I'm not sharing a meal with a brainy high schooler. I am dining with the woman who cures cancer. When I, I'm not arguing with a 10 year old about it being cold enough to wear a coat. I am teaching a future Supreme Court justice the art of debate. So if believing in the vision that you have about your future should be affecting your present. Um, if you just fix your eyes on the family that you want to have, then every day you can take steps towards that target. Since you're gonna steer where you stare, be certain that your gaze is fixed on unlimited possibilities and overwhelming abundance. Your children don't show up on this planet knowing what is in their best interest, right? So that's kind of your ultimate task as a parent, that you, you are the visionary who is inching them towards their truest, best selves. Without your leadership, your direction, your intervention, they will just eat ice cream by the gallon and document it on Instagram stories. <laughs> just how it goes. But Henry Ford, um, this, this, his reflection that had people asked him what he, what, if he had asked people what they wanted, they would have told him they wanted faster horses. 
And this to me is like very, just kind of sums up parenting. Um, your family unit requires somebody who sees beyond today behind the steering wheel. Journaling is an amazing way to keep records of what's working and not working in your life. So I can glance back over a decade of decisions, um, of hopes. Um, totally humbled by how God has, has shown up over and over and over. But it's super, super funny to me now to look back at things that used to be really, really frustrating. Um, things that today would not register as speed bumps used to completely derail me. And that's how I know that my patience and my faith have increased. Because I have documented days and months and years of weakness and of longing. Um, but it's also how I know that people can recover from the depths of despair. Because I have written myself out of a total, total, a, made a path right out of a pit. So suffering completely real, but so is resilience. Your calendar, your day planner, these are terrifically valuable in assessing where you're spending your minutes, your hours, your days, your months, and, and where you're wasting them. And you can use a paper or a digital, doesn't matter. Um, but does your, does your calendar reflect time slots for the things that you're saying with your mouth are important to you? So if being physically fit is a priority for you, is it showing up on your calendar? If people are important to you, where are they showing up on your calendar? And then this is kind of a cool thing, and I hope that everybody who has short people in their house is aware of this, but you can actually see where time is spent on devices. So just go to settings, go to batteries, and it'll pull it all up 24 hours, 10 days, whatever, you can see exactly where everybody is spending time. Budget, phenomenal method for, of assigning jobs to your money, but a really clear way of seeing where you're, where you're directing your dollars. And life is gonna provide some no-cost assessments. So um, if you're receiving late fees or insufficient fund notices, these are assessment tools that a resource might be mismanaged. There are people in your life whose assessments should carry a little bit of weight. Report cards are our assessment, and like, yeah, okay, grades, whatever. But, but for the purpose of this type of assessment, I'm, you know, refer to like plays well with other portion. So are they kind? Can they be counted on to work on a project till it's done? Are they respectful of, other, of their peers, of, of authority? Um, are they team players? Coaches will let you know how coachable your kids are. Are you listening? Uh, at your job, you probably have some sort of annual review. Do you play well with others? Have you ever had two or more breakups that evaluate you similarly? Life offers us wake-up calls, but Collectively, we have gotten really, really good at smacking the snooze.
Then there are what I'm gonna call stress tests. And these are kind of a phenomenal way to assess your family's performance. You'll never need to schedule one though. Life provides them. Um, and you can just assess when the dust settles. So when, when an engineer is designing something and wants to see the performance of what he's designed, he puts it under tremendous stress. The engineer who designed people, not different. Uh, if he wants to know how, how you operate your best, he will introduce a load of stress. So we're wired to only perform at the highest level of our training. So if I am training for a 5K and show up on the starting line of a marathon, I will peter out at about 5K. So when, when you assess your performance after a stress test, it will clarify the areas that your family could stand a little additional training. The thing about like pain, adversity, and challenges, these, these stress tests, when they hit you, they are hitting a moving target, right? You're, you are moving and sm it smacks you. So it doesn't change the state of you, it changes the trajectory of you. So if your response to stress is to be paralyzed, then you're on the wrong path. You got knocked somewhere else, and now you are, you're in the wrong spot. And so I want to encourage you not to allow grief and sorrow and depression to bring you to a standstill. Um, Feel the pain as deeply and completely as you need to while you advance. So even, even when it's just one super shaky foot in front of the other, don't stop moving. The last assessment tool that we're gonna to touch on is how we're judging people. So in, in general, the areas that I'm most eager to criticize other people are the exact areas where I am most vulnerable to shame. So when I am feeling like my parenting game is strong, I don't have my nose in anybody else's parenting business. But when I'm feeling insecure about my body and I'm feeling insecure about my clothing, then I'm checking out all I see everywhere, bodies and outfits. That's all I can see. Um, we're so hard on each other because we're using each other to like launch shame rockets off of. Like I'm using you as a launch pad for my rocket of shame. And that's hurtful and it's ineffective and it's contagious. Just listen to your kids parrot um, words about themselves and about their peers. If you get to the point where you are believing the worst about others, knock it off 
and then don't miss the opportunity to use the tool to assess how you're truly feeling about your own ability to show up to this life as, as you. And there are times where the person that we are harshly criticizing is ourself. And there is this phenomenon referred to as the imposter syndrome. And it's when the voices in our own heads are shouting about our unworthiness. And it happens when we feel like we're not quite qualified to be in certain places or with certain people or to own certain things. Um, it's kind of that persistent inability to just believe that your success is deserved, that your skills, your talents, your abilities, you've put them all to work and you have qualified yourself to show up in this spot. And I've gotten mostly pretty good at quieting that fear-drenched commotion in the daytime. But it was really wild that last night I had a horrible, horrible dream about tonight. And it was that as soon as I finished talking, Pastor Martin stood up and passed out an assessment form to everyone. <laughs> about my performance. And, <laughs> oh, but wait, I scored so poorly that you asked me to leave the congregation and never return. Mm -hmm. So, when I woke up, I had the opportunity to run a little assessment. I had to have a conversation with my own thoughts about their responsibility to just get with the program. I had to explain to my feelings of worthlessness that they were just gonna need to take a few seats. So hopefully you are seeing that there is value in assessments and you feel armed with a couple of tools that maybe you could put into practice immediately. But what, what do you do with them? You make some observations, then what? Well, the title of tonight's service is Assessment and Renovation. So it's now renovation time. No, no. So some, some people are going to run an assessment and determine, oh my gosh, we're coasting along. We've got great habits in place, appropriate filters on every person in this family. We've got all our gates locked up, our eyes, our ears, our minds, we're good. Um, oh, we are investing our time so wisely. Uh, money, we got it. We got it all working for us. Even when we're sleeping, we got that happen. Our energy, our gifts, all being invested wisely. And, and we're routinely assessing our system so we can keep up this momentum long term. And then there will be others of us who will undergo some assessment and realize that the path that we're on is not the one we want to be on. The super awesome news is that you can get anywhere in the world from right where you are. <laughs> so success is not magic. It is math. So habits plus discipline equal success. And you could, you could hope for a great family or you could create one. So I am an eternal optimist. Like I think of myself a little bit like a hope dealer, but hope is not a strategy. 
So there are going to be people who came from amazing families, whose ancestors like laid out a map um, for, for each generation, and it was loaded with networks and skills and resources. Good for you. <laughs> God bless you. And then other folks were not afforded that same luxury of growing up in the types of home that are set up to kind of incubate greatness. And whichever situation better represents your childhood, fear not. Families and individuals have the unique opportunity to perpetually evaluate where we are. We all have the power to, to assess whatever our current status is and course correct every single day as needed. If you do not like where you are, move. So, uh, successful people, they value education and they read a lot. Uh, Proverbs 16:16 16, 16 instructs us to get wisdom. It's worth more than money. And given every time you have the chance, choose insight over income every single time. Successful people understand that the principle that the more you know, the more you are capable of knowing. So if somebody just drops an extraterrestrial right here beside me, and I am tasked to explain a horse, this is going to take forever. I don't know what language this being is fluent in. He doesn't understand the language that I'm speaking. I don't know his frame of reference for things like texture and number. If I'm saying four legs and four doesn't mean anything to him, and what's the purpose of a horse, and it's going to take a really, really long time to explain horse. But once he has a fairly solid understanding of this, donkeys won't be that hard. Yeah. Just a little shift and and then just wait may I introduce you to a zebra that's not gonna be tricky for him at all in no time at all he'll be confident in unicorns and he could be fluent in Pegasus in like that fast so successful people are lifelong learners but they enjoy acquiring new information they grasp that every single bit of new knowledge forms a foundation for a world of knowledge. So once you get horse, we can build on horse. They also understand that something that I fail to understand today is probably going to cost me something in the future. So if you run an assessment and you locate an area that you need to become stronger in, Read. Does your money run out faster than you think it should? There's a book about that. Do you need help managing your time? There's a book about that. Whatever, you, no struggle that you are going to face is brand new on the planet. You do not need to reinvent the wheel. Someone else has already mastered that thing. Find the book, Google, Audible. Amazon, library, Barnes and Noble. There is no excuse to not have. If you choose to be ignorant, that is completely your, like there's no excuse 
for ignorance. It's completely a choice. At, with the technology that we have and the access we have to the entire planet, to remain ignorant is a choice. Successful people think about what they're thinking about. They'll run an inventory on their thoughts. Kim sent me a link the other day, um, and because she knows I'm a geek. So the average person has 75,000 thoughts a day. 91% of that, 68,250, maybe, are on a loop. It's just the same thought day after day. So it's what I thought Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, well, here I am, 91% of the exact same thoughts again today. But the cool thing about that is, I've only got to worry about that 9%. So if I can, if I can change that 9% of my thoughts, I can change my whole life. Nine, that's manageable, right? When you take into consideration that most people check their phones 400 times a day, that's an average, 400 times a day. So if you do something like change your screensaver to refocus your goals, then 400 times that day, you're looking at something that says, this is who you are, this is where you're going, this is what you're about. You just put a dent in that 9%. Great changes come when we make small adjustments with great conviction. If your assessment revealed that certain habits aren't serving you, then sit down and intentionally think about a worthy replacement. If you want for a habit to stick, imagine yourself enjoying the benefit of this new addition. Think about that direction. Turn that way, move forward. Successful people have high expectations that are clearly communicated. They know that people are capable of great things, so that's what they expect. If you're listening and observing brought you to light that there are some needs you have, that your family needs to make some major changes, don't settle for minor adjustments. You were made for more. Successful people value effort over avoiding failure. Proverbs 24.16 suggests that no matter how many times you trip up God's people, they do not stay down long. And I don't know why this is the visual that always comes to my mind is those sand bottom blow up clowns and like every time you punch them down they just whoosh. and so that's like that is my picture of myself that like every single time you knock me down like you can't even look away and I'm springing back up so you always always have the opportunity to course correct so if, if your assessment reveals something's broken and the first thing you try doesn't fix it, do not settle for living with broken stuff. Your legacy just happens to be worth fighting for. Successful people write lists and they set goals. Um, Habakkuk 2.2 instructs, write it in big block letters so it can be read on the run. But successful people wake up and they know what they're doing that day. They know when they will be doing it. They don't waste time wondering, well, I wonder what I'm going to do next. It, write out your best life, 
This is what it looks like. This, and then break it down into baby steps. And each of those baby steps gets you closer and closer. Successful people clarify their intentions and they practice gratitude. So if you wake up and you rehearse who you are, when you're, you are actually fueling your best self to show up in that place throughout the day. So if, if I say that I am indeed an exceptional mother, then I am challenging myself to show up as that person throughout the day. So an exceptional mother would rock out this handmade masterpiece macaroni necklace, even if Vanessa is cutting down on carbs. The exceptional mother wears the necklace. If I am indeed a multimillionaire entrepreneur, then I'm obligated to refrain from unwise investments. If it's my time, if it's my money, if it's my energy, who I claim to be has to show up and behave the way that she should behave. And then when you close that day with gratitude, you've just bookended the day. So I wrote up, this is who I am. This is how I'm showing up in my life. And then at the end of the day, I'm saying, oh my gosh, God showed up here and here and here and this was amazing and this was amazing. You have just turned yourself into a blessing magnet. I get up and announce to the entire universe, hey, it's just me. I'm leaning into this space that was prepared just for me from the foundation of the world. And I am haunting for God's fingerprints in my life. Successful people habituate tasks that other folks don't bother. So what time do I wake up? I don't have to think about it. The clock is set. Every day is exactly the same. What does my morning routine include? Oh, it's the same. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, the same. Do I read? What do I read? When do I read? When do I meditate? When do... I don't have to think about this stuff because my brain can think about things that actually matter. Your assessment might reveal huge stuff, but the bulk of your revelations are gonna be real small stuff. So figure out a way to make habits of the small stuff so that inch by inch you can get across the finish line. If you have already incorporated the skills that have a history of increasing success, just keep at it. Uh, I do not claim to be a prophet, but I am absolutely sure that every single person who embraces habits of success and routinely assesses where they are in relation to where they need to be they're going to find themselves and their families successful. So if some skills were brought to light that you haven't yet adopted, don't hesitate to find a good starting point. Difficult things are not impossible things. And you, my love, are capable of difficult things.